Hello. Hello and welcome to Couple Skate. I'm Emma. And I'm Pitch. And it's so nice to be back. We took a little bit of a break. <laughs> we always take a little bit of a break. <laughs> a lot of a break. Sometimes we're always like, we're going to get together. And then, no. No. Well, yeah. this time it was because we were in one. <laughs> and Actually, I was in Grand Rapids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's what I call Grand Rapids. Morning. But while I was in Grand Rapids, my little dog died. Yes. Yeah. It happened so, um, kind of, I don't know, naturally. It was a little bit kismet you know? Yeah, it, I think it was, like, the last merciful move that he made, because I think I was so worried about how it was all going to go down and how, like, how I wasn't going to be able to cope with it, even though I knew for so long that it was coming and it was going to happen. But he, like, disintegrated within one week. And the Monday before I left for Grand Rapids, he was in bad shape. Like, he stopped eating, he stopped wanting to go on a walk, and I was like, oh, well, that's how you know. Yeah. But I wasn't going to, you know, put him down the day before I leave just because it was inconvenient. So my mom and my sister um, took care of him, and he, yeah, he just died in his sleep. And He was a gentleman right to the end. He was a gentleman right to the end, and... I know I say really mean things about my mom all the time because I'm a horrible person. And my mom was so wonderful about it. She got up every morning and cleaned him and gave him a bath and brushed his hair and, you know, tried to feed him. And, like, she really nursed him. It was totally hospice care, Mm. you know, in, like, the nicest way. And then um, I I got home and my dad... Dug a, dug a grave for him in the pet cemetery that we have in our house. <laughs> and we had, like, a little funeral for him. And we had champagne. And everybody talked about memories about him. So it was, like, it was really awesome. And I think I actually felt, like, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, how are you doing? And I was like, I think I just feel, like, relief and happiness that mm-hmm. I got to spend like, an inordinate amount of time Yeah, with 21 years. 21 With years. a really good dog. With a really good dog. Yeah. And that he didn't suffer and that he didn't make me suffer. Yeah, you didn't have to put him down, and like, he, which was your big fear. I was, yeah, I was terrified. I was like, I can't do that after all this time. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it was the kind, like, of course, of course he would do that. You know, like, yeah, just be awesome about leaving this world yeah of course he would yeah (laughs) so i'm actually like i was actually just i mean of course i'm sad but i was happy how it all happened yeah and it was sweet the day the day he died i told people to tweet nice things to you and everybody was was tweeting like the sweetest and that was and i was like that was really special it was nice that people i was kind of worried about social media because i was like i don't want to be reminded of this every time i log on to facebook or whatever but then I also thought, like, so many people have known this dog. Mm-hmm. And so I, and people have a relationship with him that's beyond their relationship with me. Like, so often he was, you know, he's been dog sat by like a hundred of my friends, yeah. you yeah. know, in all places. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put it on, on Facebook. And it was a really, it was cathartic, mm-hmm. you know, to see how many people cared about it. It was that thread was beyond sweet. Yeah, it was so sweet to see that like all those people were like, "Here's a memory I have." 
love it. Yeah. It, was, it was very yeah. Like, so I like special. I had been hesitant to do it because I was like, no, this is my grief. I want to live with this myself. And then I was like, actually, yeah, he was his own person with his own life. And yeah. people need to know. Like, I mean, he had a birthday party that was more <laughs> well attended than any birthday party I've ever had. Yeah. That was for his 21st when you had that party. I was like, there are a fuck ton of people here. <laughs> I've never had this great of a party. Like, it was so fun. Yeah, he was beloved. Mm-hmm. And it had, you know, I mean, he was my dog, but he had, he was an individual. So mm-hmm. it was so cool for me to, like, see everybody's, everybody who thought of him as, like, an important person to yeah and especially since you've lived all over the country that was cool to see like your friends from tucson and like your friends from all over just being like oh no the sheriff you know and that was that was kind of a neat tie-in yeah for your your life you know it was it was and but it was it also like really made it holy shit end of an era for me yeah and i'm like oh i'm not the scrappy girl with her scrappy pup you know moving across the country at the drop of a hat anymore like yeah oh no i'm an adult person and (laughs) maybe i should get my shit together now (laughs) yeah so yeah it is like the end of an era since i was 19 yeah so yeah but we'll see i think there's a lot of adventures to come and i'm sorry you won't be there yeah it was sweet too when i was on just on the road out in california at a couple different shows people were like hugged me and they were like Tell Pidge I'm so sorry about her dog. <laughs> I was like, well, wow. Okay. I will. <laughs> so even that is yeah. funny, you know, people in the Bay Area and stuff talking about it. I wanted to give a, a shout out. One of the nicest fans I've ever, like, he's a friend now. He's a, he's a, gotta be a friend. This uh, man, Chris, came up and was like saying how much he enjoyed the podcast in San Francisco and was just like so sweet and nice. And I was like, we'll give you a shout out. So give a shout out to Chris. Hey, Chris. And he Thanks said, for listening. He's very, he's very clear that he needs to know how you were almost murdered by an ex-boyfriend. And he was like, you know, you bring that up almost every podcast and I'd really like to know. And I was like, yep. Yeah. We got to do that. Right. So I have been practicing telling because I actually had to tell the story to Dave from high school. Mm. So yeah, he had had some questions. (laughs) You know, we actually did that 36 questions to to fall in love. We did it. You did? We did it. I've always wanted to do that with someone. Yeah, right? I yeah. know. And he totally was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Aww. It was it was interesting. Although, I think maybe just because we're both, like, introspective, curious people that we probably, I mean, we had already kind of answered a lot of the things. Yeah. Already. And yeah. so, um, and it's kind of set up for, like, to do like immediately when you meet somebody, which yeah, who would ever agree to do that? You know, Actually, so I have friends covered... who, when they go on dates, will bring two or three of the questions just to keep the conversation rolling. Like they'll yeah. just ask a couple just to be like, "Here, let's do this because it's fun and it's a way to like see if we have anything in common or to see if the person is has liter- has no self awareness at all." Right. You know, right? Kind of an easy, but yeah, I kind of thought, well, this of course would work if you both are the kind of person that would at at. <laughs> Answer the questions, 36 questions of fall in love. Yeah. Like, if you set it up just like that already, you've crossed a hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're already ready to have that conversation right. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I did those with Dylan, I'd be I'd be answering and look over, he'd be on his phone on Twitter. <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, never. We, we're set already. <laughs> Which is not really even a criticism of him. That's just... Uh, you know, his level of attention often. You're like, hey, pal, 
Back over here. It's okay. He doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Well, I found actually that uh, Dave from high school gets really verbose kind of after hours. Oh, really? Yeah. And so it was great because, you know, he'd be like, we'd watch the baseball game and then I'd be like, oh, let's answer some of these questions. And he would just wax poetic about it. And That's he's, adorable. Yeah. yeah he's, he's not a talker, he's, really. He's not a super talker. Yeah. But yeah, after like 11, get it started. That's cute. Nice. That's <laughs> a really, really important thing. Like, oh, if your house is burning down, like, what's the thing that you grab and you we know. should do that. We should fall in love. Oh, we should. We, we should, should do, do the 36 yeah. questions. For the next That'd be podcast, good. Let's, yeah. we'll do some of them. Yeah. Good idea. Maybe we'll start closing the podcast with one of the questions and then always always do one or something. That would be amazing. Yeah. We'll have to do that for sure. Coming for you, Dave, from high school. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fall in love, too. Fall in love all over the place. Well, he loved you. We came Aww. to your show. Actually, my whole family yeah. came to your show. That was fantastic. <laughs> Including my parents and uh, my my aunt and uncle and Melanie. Yeah. Flip and blah blah. Melanie Flip and Follow <laughs> came too. So it was it was great. Which can I just say every time I see her, she is like like bumping into a ray of sunshine. She has the nicest, happiest smile, and every time I see her, she cheers me up. Like I feel like she should just because she's a photographer, you know, by profession and an artist, but I feel like she should also, you know how, like, you can get a professional cuddle now? Yeah. Like, Melanie should just be a professional, like, she shows up to your office when you're having the shittiest day, and she's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> hi, you look great, I love that and dress also, on you. And also, I don't know if we've talked about it, but Melanie is one of the funniest people Oh, she's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Her laugh, like, when making, she's kind of like you, either one of you, when I make you laugh, I'm totally like, yes, crushing it, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, making Melanie laugh is so satisfying. So so at that show, every time I would look over and I could see that I was just cracking her up, but not just cracking her up, she was also mortified. Uh, yeah. Well, oh. she was mortified because my parents were there and she was like, oh my God, Emma just said taint. Oh my God, <laughs> Emma just said pussy like four times. She was dying. I, yeah. I could see her. And I'm like, whatever, you know? They live in the world. <laughs> that is always the funniest thing. Um, you know, I, whenever I do college towns, a lot of times like Ann Arbor or something, you'll see students that came with their parents. And it's one of my favorite things to like riff on and like tease people about because like I'll be doing a really dirty joke and the parents will be laughing really hard and the kids will be the ones, you know, they're not kids, they're like 21, but they're like dying and they're like looking at their parents and you can just feel. So I always pause and be like, look at this. <laughs> Look at this young woman who, for the first time, re- is realizing that her dad knows what anal is. Like, and is totally, do- like, fine with it. Her dad's like, fuck yeah, back door, all the way. Like, that was Melanie's face. She kept looking over at your dad and being like, no. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, you, you, he's known her since you guys were oh, yeah, kids, since, right? Yeah, like, teenagers. Ju- yeah, junior high. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was funny because I told them in the beginning, I was like, oh, Emma's going to, you know, she's going to go blue. And I don't care. Like, I want, I want this to be something that we're all doing together. And yes, it may, my parents are pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. Like, but also, they're not naive. I mean, my mom is naive. <laughs> but she's also, like, yeah. aware of things that happen. Yeah. You know, and so, and also we've played um, Cards Against Humanity on a number of occasions. It's so funny because it's actually um, always the older conservative people. Like, those are some of my, that's some of my biggest demographic. Those people love me. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've done, you know, like, 
corporate events and small places or like, you know, the Lions Club. I'm like their official comedian <laughs> for Idaho. And they have me come to events all the time, which everybody's like in their 60s and 70s and pretty politically conservative. And the first few times I tried to do clean sets and then they were like, no, don't do that. Go as dirty. One time I did a Lions Club thing, like a big one, like a gala dinner. And they, the, they were like, go as dirty as you can. And I was like, that's really dirty. And they're like, dirty as you can. And they were not offended. They were even like, more! That's not far. And I was like, you guys are really upsetting me. Like, I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like, old people have had sex. I don't know why we infantilize. And I think, specifically with my parents, too, like, one of the things that we always did as a family was, my parents were into comedy. They loved comedy. We listened to comedy albums. Mm -hmm. You know, we would get, like, books on tape, comedy things. And so we always did that. And I think there was kind of the era that they grew up in. There was a lot of blue comedy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, And, and comedy was... Well, it's always supposed to be edgy. It's So it's yeah. not like their expectation is going to be like, oh, it's going to be an aw shucks, ha ha kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't expect that. Of yeah. course. We're in a dingy they, club. They were loving it. Your mom was howling. <laughs> yeah. You're at like a dark, dingy club with a brick wall. You're going to hear pussy a few times. Like, I think my dad was more concerned that he couldn't get a decent glass of wine. <laughs> Yeah. Than anything that was going to be said. Yeah. Although I think they got like chicken fingers or something, which was more shocking, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, well, they were almost like a test run because um, I, you know, I was there all weekend and then my, my whole family came Sunday and like my whole family, I have a massive family, like uh, any gathering that you're like, I'm just invi- inviting the immediate, like bare bones is 30 plus people. So I invited everybody. They all came, which was very sweet and, like, very special. Um, But I had kind of been, like, I have a couple new jokes that are very, very dirty. And I was, like, I don't know if I'm going to do those in front of my family. And then Sunday night, I was, like, fuck you guys. Of course I'm going to do these. (laughs) And it was really fun. And they loved them. Uh, It was hilarious. One of my sisters is a little more prude than the other two. And she is just, like, well, you're still weird. (laughs) Like, that was her response to my comedy, which is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. My other sister was, like, okay. You were very dirty, but my parents thought it was hilarious, and um, it was really, really fun to do. And same Friday, the Friday night show you were at was really special too, because your whole family was there, and then my lesbian aunts brought all the lesbians that I grew up with, like which was kind of this commune feel. Like they lived in our house, and like all these you know lesbians were always around, and they but they brought like the entire field of lesbians that I kind of grew up with, which was hilarious and wonderful because they like. I'm not saying this in general about lesbians. I'm saying this in general about the lesbians I grew up with. We're very 80s, um, Greenpeace shirt-wearing, like, very serious lesbians, you know? Like, they didn't have great senses of humor. But they were really fun, warm, like, loving people. But they were the kind of people you'd make a joke to, and they'd be like, what does that mean? I don't understand that. And you'd be like, oh, explain it. And they'd be like, that's very funny. (laughs) So watching them, and, and, like, I saw that they were, like, scream laughing and, like, bending over. And I was just like, this is so satisfying. Yeah, and shout out to Brie Pruitt, too, because oh she yeah. is hilarious. Brie Pruitt. And I'd never seen her before. She drove over from Portland to open for me, and almost just as a favor, because, you know, she she should be headlining anywhere, anywhere, anyway. But she came over, and she was so funny, and she's such a doll, and we had such a good time together. It was really, it was cool, because that was my first time headlining, you know, my home club. Yeah. And it was cool to have her come over, because when I started comedy, I used to, there wasn't a lot here, so I would drive over to Portland to go do comedy, and... I would watch her, and she was so confident and ballsy, and I watched one of the first, 
uh, open mics I went to there, I mean, which was a big deal, you know, like I, I had never really gone anywhere by myself and I was going to these open mics in Portland and it was terrifying because I was like, Oh, everybody's big city and so much better than me. And, um, I ate shit, like bombed really hard at this open mic at the time at the Baghdad theater. And then she went up and she, I think she was like closing the show cause she did like 20 minutes. She went up and this guy had been really sexist before her and she just eviscerated him. Nice. And she was so ballsy and so funny. And like somebody heckled her and she just made fun of them. And I was just like, I want to be her when I grow up. Like when I'm a, I was like, I'm going to be Brie Pruitt. That's who I want to be. So to have her come and open for me was like just such an honor. She's a doll. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. It was a fun weekend. It was, it was pretty great. <sighs> and now what's next? So you did those shows and then you immediately went. I went to the Bay Area. I, it was kind of a weird trip. We went um, Sa- Santa Cruz, L.A., Sacramento, San Francisco. Eureka, really well planned run, like just logistically super smart stuff. But the shows were all the shows were all really fun. We had a very stressful week. Um, it was it was tough because uh, the, I won't call any place out by name, but God, there's just a lot of sexist bullshit. It's really it's really frustrating. Like when when you're in like rural Texas and some club owner is shitty sexist to you, you're kind of like okay. Or, you know, like some, you know, in Kansas or something and somebody's shitty and sexist, you're kind of like, okay. But in the Bay Area, which is supposedly super liberal progressive, like when shit, like, you know, or like in California in certain spots when like that shit happens, I feel like it's more demoralizing because you're like, no, we're supposed to be done with this shit, you know? Right. That's so I had a couple of places like they had left me off all the promo, like we're head, we're co-headlining when we, you know, book the show, we're like, we're both doing 30, then we tape our podcast. You know, it's a co-headlining thing. Like, it's pretty clear. The poster has both of our faces and our names. Same font, which is always a big deal to comedians. Same size. Same yeah. size, you know. And um, so, it like, I got left off all the promo for a couple different clubs. Like, left off all the promo stuff. And they were just like, Jeff Tate, headlining. Or they were like, Jeff Tate, headlining. And then, like, with me, like, Emma. You know, like, I don't know. And, which, it sounds like a nitpicky kind of bitchy thing. Like, it makes me feel nitpicky and bitchy to be like, hey, please put me on the promo stuff. But it's like, it happens over and over. And it, that happened. And then one of the gigs we did when he got there, the host of the show, like, it's his it's his show, but we were, like, basically doing the whole show. He came over and was like, cool, so glad to have you. Okay, so Jeff, you're doing 50. Emma, you want to do, like, 20? And I just was like, what like what the fuck dude like it's clearly we clearly are doing this thing as equals but just getting demoted over and over is it really starts to wear on me and frustrate me so so I for the first time was kind of public about it and I tweeted about like how I was just like I'm really done with this like I feel like and other women who have co-headlined with with men have told me they're like you can't like you can't do this forever because it hurts your career which sucks but it's totally true and I've gotten to the point where I'm like I don't think I can tour with Jeff anymore because it really is hurting my career and it is stupid it's over stupid stuff you know so it's really frustrating but I tweeted about it and actually I had a couple places get back to me and be like you're totally right and we're sorry and we fixed it which was nice which was like you know uh before like a year ago I wouldn't have bothered bitching about it because I would have been like whatever just fuck it but it was nice that at least a couple places were like this was our bad and we fucked up and you're right it was sexist of us to assume that just because there's a dude on the ticket, he's the headliner. You know? Yeah. And I even, because right after that, we went down to LA and we, um, we went to a friend's birthday party. Um, Dave Ross, who's like one of my favorite comedians in the world and people. 
And I was walking, I was kind of going around asking guys there because I like I've watched them all tour together, you know, and do co-headlining or even like th- the three three guys headline and just share ninety minutes. And I've been like, he- I was like, has this happened to you? And all of them are like, never. It's never happened where like you send them a poster and they instead just use a picture of the dude, you know, and like be like headliner, blah blah blah. And they're like, none of us have ever experienced that. So you know, I, I'm all, at first I was kind of like, maybe it's not a sexism thing. Maybe it's because Jeff is much more famous than I am. But then in the end, I'm like, I don't, I don't, this really does feel like a sexism thing. This feels like just assuming a dude is a headliner is pretty sexist. So, so, and Jeff, you know, I feel bad for him because he is always kind of having to be like, hey, stop doing this, stop doing this. And it's not him, you know, so. Right, he has to be a policeman too. Yeah. So we had a rough, we had kind of a, the shows were all really fun. And um, I hadn't been to Eureka in a while and it's so beautiful there. Like we went to the Redwoods and we had a really good time in Santa Cruz and we had a fun a fun week. I think it's a little bit much for me. <laughs> it's just a lot, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. That was that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's over now. It's over now. <laughs> and actually, um, I'm taking a little bit of uh, time off. Um, Jeff is going to go do some of the Iowa shows with a different opener. Not opener, because I'm not the fucking opener. <laughs> He's going to bring an opener, and I'm not going to... Um, to Iowa this week afterward, after all, because of some kid stuff that came up. So I have a little, I have a little bit of a break before I go. Good. Cause it's October and your house is like, yeah. as always yeah. <laughs> decorated to the nines. Yes. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, we have like 12 boxes of Halloween decorations. Not, they're not from me. Like when I moved in, I had like three boxes of stuff because I love Halloween and I decorate like crazy for it. But Dylan already had, like, nine boxes. And when we combined our stuff, it was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's everywhere. And it's been pared down. Like, <laughs> like when I moved in, there was, like, boxes, and it would be, like, one of 18. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so we even pared it way down, and it's still every nook and cranny is stuffed with Halloween shit. I do love Halloween. It is totally my favorite holiday. We have a huge party. Every year since my kids were tiny, we have this massive party, and there's usually, like, 50 people, and we go, we do a big food and party things, and then we go trick-or-treating with, like, 50 kids, and it's just crazy, and, yeah, it's very fun. Nice. Yep. So that's the plan this year, and yep. what do, what, when do you guys start talking about costumes? Everybody already has their costumes figured out. They were pretty quick this year. Um, Dahlia and Danica want to be Ghostbusters, and then they want all the boys to be ghosts. Oh, that's and the boys were like down with it. So Arthur's being the marshmallow man, the Stay Puft man, and um, Henry's gonna be Slimer. And then yeah, they all kind of have like different ideas for ghosty things. So how does Calvin feel about Halloween? He loves the scary movies. Yeah, he does, and he's not. He's he finally agreed to be a ghost, but he wants to be specifically. Um, I think he wants to be specifically some murdered somebody something. I can't remember what he said, but it was like someone from a game that he plays that is a murdered victim. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> He's like, it'll still fit the Ghostbusters theme because I will, in fact, be dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And he's like six feet tall, so that'll be yeah. that'll be an impressive ghost. You yeah. might have to get a king sheet yeah. for that costume. We did family pictures yesterday, and I bought him a pair of jeans like three weeks ago, in, you know, knowing we were doing these stupid family pictures. And um, he yesterday when we showed up, they're like three inches too short already. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Stop it. Yeah, he's like 5'11", 13. He's ridiculous, too. But no, I, yeah, I totally, totally love it. You coming to my party? You gotta come to my party. I think, 
I think so. I don't I don't know what uh, see I have another eye surgery on the twenty eighth. Oh you do? Yes, because my my second eye surgery failed. Jeez. Yeah. So it's really exciting. But I don't really know what my state will be. But it is Halloween, so I guess it doesn't really matter. You just come as a pirate. <laughs> like you're gonna have the eye patch, right? So No, I don't wear an eye patch. I can't wear an eye patch because oh. Uh, you know, they cut down the sides, so the eye patch would, in fact, Ow. be um, right on my wound. Well, your so. eye will be all swollen, <laughs> and he'll have stitches and stuff. So we'll just we'll just play that up. Yeah, yeah. So, but I I don't know. Um, it's my nephew's first Halloween, oh. and he's going as Jiminy Cricket. Oh, which I don't know if you've seen a picture, but he looks just like he Jiminy does. Cricket. That is really cute. <laughs> she told me I was like, uh huh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, that'll be fun, but I don't know if they're trick-or-treating or what, or if I need to hand out candy at my house, or I'm sure I can. Well, I always make three pots of chili. Oh, no, I know. I think it's wonderful, and, I, and I'm and i sure we can fit it in at some point. What, at what point in the evening, I don't know. I always tell adults, come early, and then that way, like, people without kids, then you don't have to do the trick-or-treating part, because for if you don't have kids, like... 40 children running to yard to yard is very stressful to watch. <laughs> For me, I just put glow, glow necklaces on everybody, and I'm like, stop stepping on people's shit, you know. And Well, Dave from high school has a son. Oh, yeah. And they both are huge into Halloween. So I think that will be part of the discussion, too. Yeah. Is, you know, he's going to want to go trick-or-treating for sure. Well, for sure. He's always walking over here. And course. he would fit in because yep. he's a redhead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And adorable. So. What are you, are you going to dress up? Do you have a costume? Well, I don't. I mean, I have, like, a, a lot of costume fixins. <laughs> so <laughs> I can pull together a costume pretty easily. Um, but I haven't, I have not thought about it yet. I do love costumes. I do love Halloween. I yeah. do like to get dressed up. We used to um, do a big, we used to every year have a costume contest. And we would actually get really good prizes for the costumes. Um, and then a few years ago, people, a couple feelings were so hurt, like four years ago, about not winning the costume prize, that we just started doing, like, ridiculous prizes instead, because people would be, like, upset that they didn't win. Yeah. So it was like, okay, so now we only do prizes for the kids' costumes, and they're all just ridiculous prizes, like, they're kind of the same, because a couple adults took it pretty seriously. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah. You know what? My biggest pet peeve is like when you make this, you make a very elaborate Halloween costume and then somebody who has spent a bunch of money on a pre-made costume wins the contest. Yeah. That, there should be like separate categories for like, I made the fuck out of this costume and I spent a bunch of cash. Yeah. So. I, um, what's, what's your best kid costume you ever did and best adult costume you ever did? So my best adult costume I ever did was a couple of years ago I went as a jellyfish. Oh, that's beautiful. And I got one of those umbrellas that's like an umbrella hats mm-hmm. and I did everything silver and blue and got a whole bunch of Christmas decorations. Um and so I had like these big foil tendrils coming down, but then it all lit up. So it actually glowed the whole costume. So all the tendrils glowed. Were you a sexy jellyfish? I was not a sexy jellyfish. <laughs> I was like a regular one. This is a, this is a regular. 
Yeah, it turned out super That's cool. an amazing costume. Yeah, and everybody knew what it was. They were like, but it was, I love those costumes where you like put all these mm-hmm. disparate, disparate pieces and parts together to come up with this elaborate thing. That's a cool idea. Um, so that one was good. And in terms of kid costumes, I'm trying to remember. I made myself a strawberry costume once, which was a flannel jumpsuit that was like I made it from a pattern that was like a clown thing. So the um the wrists attached to like the balloony pants. So when I held out my arms <laughs> How old are you? How old was it? Um I was in fifth or sixth grade. Oh my god, that's amazing. And then I so it was red flannel because in Idaho it's cold. So my yeah. one of my pet peeves as a kid was you get this elaborate costume on, and then your mom makes you wear your, like, puffy <laughs> yeah, coat. Yeah. And you're like, but nobody yeah. can see my costume. So um, I was, like, insistent that my costume would be warm enough Smart. so that I wouldn't have to wear my fucking winter coat. So, um, yeah, I was red, and then it had, you know, the seeds on it, and then my uh, head had the leaves on it. It did, like, a leaf hat. So it was really pretty good. <laughs> That's an amazing costume. And I also went as um, Pippi Longstocking once. But that was really disappointing because nobody knew who the fuck Pippi Longstocking was. No. And I spent the entire night telling, you know, like schooling people <laughs> on like great works of children's literature. Oh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> it's a real tale of pluck. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and, and survivorness. That's not a word, but. Survivability? Nope, still not there. That's fantastic. My favorite adult one. Um, one year we went as um, a lunch lady and a gym teacher. Nice. And I did for the lunch lady costume. I did. I put nylons on my arms and then I filled the underside with like water balloons <laughs> so that I'd have the wavy yeah. oh, lunch lady sure. arms. That was pretty great. <laughs> and I put like a hairy mole on my face. I made one. That was pretty great. Um, but my favorite was I went as, you know, the Kristen Wiggs character with the small baby arms from Lawrence, the Lawrence Welk show from uh-huh. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I went as that and I had a big blonde wig and then I had like a ridiculous dress that my aunt had actually worn to prom. I'm, we'll post a picture. That's really beautiful. But then I had like these tiny baby hands. <laughs> and so I was doing everything with baby hands. And some of the kids at the party were so upset that I had these tiny baby hands I and I was doing, really and I was serving them chili and they were like, stop it, take the hands off. It's so gross. And I refused <laughs> to take them off all night. I just served everyone chili and stuff like that. One year too, every, we used, I used to do them a little more, um, themed. And one year I did a fortune teller theme and I set up a whole thing downstairs in a tent where the kids could come in and get their fortunes told. And I like, was, you know, I did the whole, like the hair and like the big, you know, the big fake boob things. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, like a fortune teller. And, um, it was really funny because this one family that was there from down the street, they left because they were so upset that I told their kids fortune and the fortunes were ridiculous. And not like I was like, well, Eddie, turns out you die of cancer at 12. (laughs) You know, it's not like anything morbid. I told I gave all the kids, like I read their palms and I gave them all candy and I told them that they would, that they were going to be talented and have a lovely life. And like, it was all just super cute. And, um, and I threw silly stuff in there. Like looks like you're going to pick your nose in class and like just stupid. And they were so upset with me. They like never spoke to me again. They were really mad that I had, I had practiced witchcraft on their child (laughs) for real. They were very, very mad at me. I wish you would have. Yeah, I know. I did curse that kid. Um, 
He did get cancer at 12. He did. Yeah. No, I made sure. I made sure. I had been putting radium in his bed for months just to be sure it'd come true. So this reminds me of my favorite Halloween story, which is um, when I was living in Tucson, I always, with my friend Renee, had an elaborate giant Halloween party because we all loved it. So we would co-coordinate this party. And Halloween's a big deal in my family. And so I had been texting my sister back and forth. Um, all day, like, oh, I wish you were here, happy Halloween, blah, blah, blah. Um, Renee and I uh, were going as birds, so I we made our costumes. I was an owl, and she was a raven, and uh, so I had told my sister all about this theme and everything, so we're having this big party, and my friends Jamie and Sean show up, and they've got this friend who's dressed as a peacock. And they're like, oh, they keep trying to, like, I'm hosting the party, so I'm flitting around and taking care of everything and putting out food and getting people drinks and all that stuff. And they keep coming up to me and they're like, well, we really want you to meet our friend. She's from Idaho. And I was like, this is one of my pet peeves is when you're from somewhere <laughs> and there's like one other person that they know oh, from this place. Oh, and like, some... he's from Idaho. <laughs> you guys know each other? It's not that fucking small. Okay. Right. right. And I'm like, I don't care about your friend from Idaho. <laughs> We're not going to just like totally hit it off because she's from Idaho, like whatever. And so a couple of times I just kind of walk away. I'm like, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, I walk yeah. away. So at one point they come up to me and I look down and this friend of theirs is wearing these silver flip flops, which were silver flip flops that I had been hounding my sister for years to get rid of. I was like, these flip-flops are gross. They're old, <laughs> they're old and worn out. Stop wearing those fucking flip-flops. And I looked down and this girl from Idaho is wearing those flip-flops. <laughs> it was my sister. <laughs> I didn't recognize my sister. That's how much of a snot you are. <laughs> People being from Idaho. I don't care. <laughs> and she was like, dressed as a peacock. Like, she came in, in the bird In theme. the bird theme. And she's standing there like, yeah, and I keep like, I was so rude. Typical. typical <laughs> Surprising no one. Yeah. And I would say she was there an hour. Oh my God. And and she kept like being confused. And then finally she's like, Jocelyn, it's me. It's Hadley. <laughs> it's just I could just picture her being like, it's me, Hadley. Why are you ignoring me? I'm such a bitch. Why did you get it? You know, and they had a, like arranged this elaborate travel plan with <laughs> oh, you, so that she could come and celebrate <laughs> Halloween in typical, you know, Robertson form. Yeah, and yeah, didn't recognize my own sister. That's nice. That's because <laughs> I'm a horrible person. Because <laughs> you're too busy being that. The people are trying to show you people from Idaho. <laughs> uh, my favorite kid one. Uh, is we moved from Caldwell to I to Boise in the, when I was on the fourth grade, and because my parents had typical '80s parents, just no forethought about like how things would affect a kid or like oh maybe we should do this on a certain day. We moved, and I started school on Halloween. Oh sure, yeah, that's a great time for a new kid. So I had this huge argument the night before because my mom was like, "You're going as a witch." That's the only costume that we had, and I was like, "I'm not gonna go." Like that's such a generic predictable costume I'm not going to go as a witch for my first day of school in the fourth grade and I was so disgusted with her and she was like you're going as a witch it's the only costume we have for you I think also I had been a witch like a few times and I was like I don't want to be this fucking witch again 
So the morning of, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I borrowed some of my sister's clothes and I went as a punk rocker, like a rock star, you know, and I like, I think I tied a bandana around one leg. And at the time I had copied, my sister had gotten a mullet haircut and she had spikes on the top and then like long in the back, but then with a rat tail and whatever she did, I did. And so I got that same haircut shortly after she got it. And, and that was kind of, just so you know, kind of in. People were rocking that lot, and I was in the I only. I don't remember that. No, well, you know, I, who can say? So I had that haircut, so I spiked my hair up, and I put, like, the spray blue in it, and, like, um, put, like, you know, a thing under my eye, and, like, did the whole, did the whole rock star thing. Went to school, and on the way to school, I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I pretended to be a boy today? And since I'm a new student, like nobody, I could be anybody. So I went and I, they like introduced me as a new student and I pretended to be a boy. And I mean, obviously the teacher knew I was a girl, but it was Halloween and it was chaotic. And I don't think anybody was really paying much attention. They're just like, here's a new student. And I was like, sup, you know, and I went up and I pretended to be a boy all day. And then I, then so then the next day uh, when I went to school, I was like, I think I'll just keep pretending to be a boy. So I pretended to be a boy at my new school for a week because I thought it would be because re- I thought it and I thought it was really funny. And I just I don't know. People often ask me, like, were you funny? Like when you were a kid? No, I was so fucking weird. <laughs> I was so weird. And nobody understood me. And everybody's always like, why would you do that? So I pretended to be a boy for like the whole first week I had was there. So the first week of November. And then at one point, I just finally was like, Oh, I'm actually a girl. My name's Emma. I'm a girl. I'm not actually a boy. Did you have a and name? Every, Did you have a boy name? Yeah, I told everybody my name is Eric. And I just pretended. I think actually I switched names a few times because I was trying on different boy personas. Um, but I remember being like, oh, how does an Eric act? You know, like, oh, this is what an Eric would do. And like trying on different boy stuff and like hanging out with the boys and just doing boy stuff. And I did that for like a week. And then I was just like done with it. And I was like... And I think at one point... I think you should bring it back. I'd like to meet Eric. Yeah. <laughs> For Halloween, maybe. <laughs> and and then I was just like, oh, no, I'm not really a boy. I, I'm a girl. And all the cl- all my classmates were like, why did you do that? That's very weird. And I was like, God, I just thought it'd be funny. Nobody else agreed with that at all. <laughs> and um, I didn't have any friends uh, all for the rest of fourth grade because I was the weird kid who had pretended to be a boy for a week. And uh, yeah, I probably should have just gone with that witch costume and, you know... Just not tried to be funny. Yeah. It's never been my way, though. (laughs) Never been my way. Uh, We moved when I was in sixth grade, which I I hold as the worst time ever to move a kid from a school to another school. Like, it was just a train wreck. And I was not ready for that at all. But I'm trying to think. I think I met Melanie in sixth grade, and I had a Halloween party. And she came as Little Bo Peep. Aww. And her costume was amazing. Yeah. She was huge. I believe like, it. giant ruffly dress and this huge giant hat. And yeah. And you were like, friends for life. <laughs> I was like, my girl. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what my Halloween costume was, but I remember her. She just. When did you stop trick-or-treating? Um, I think, you know, I have to say when I was a kid, I lived on the Long Springs main set, and I remember kids in high school, because yeah. they were like our babysitters, I remember they were trick-or-treating. Yeah, it was perfectly acceptable when we were kids to trick-or-treat Like, in well high into school. high school. Yeah, agreed. And then when I moved to Caldwell, 
Um, I remember going out when I was 12 and people saying to me, you're too old. We're yeah. not giving candy to kids who are too old to be trick-or-treating. And I was like, so you're deciding now how old kids get to be? Yeah. It was such a less welcoming environment yeah. than, like, Boise was. Uh, so I think I stopped after that, but not because I wanted to, because I loved trick-or-treating. Yeah. And not really because I loved candy. I liked the whole... The parade like, of it. The parade of it. The yeah. culture of it. Like, all... And, you know, the other thing was, we didn't go with our parents. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, my, our parents stayed home to hand out candy. And so there were just giant packs of kids, and nobody's parents were out there. Unless no. they were like little, little kids, but they would go before it was even dark. Yeah. So on, on actual Halloween, it would just be throngs of kids. Yeah. Um, Especially down in Warm Springs, because that was like the place to be. Yeah. 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 So I don't... I, I, I don't like that. I don't like... Um, even people have said that to my kids when, and like, you know, um, my kids are just big. They're tall kids. And yeah. so they, they've been getting out since they were like 10. People are like, aren't you a little old to trick or treat? I'm like, what? And if I'm a like, kid is going to the trouble to put on a costume and if it's fun for them, why do you have to make a, like a judgment call? And, and I'm like, they're out here getting candy and running around with their friends, but still being kids. You're right. They should be doing something much they more play adult. video games. Or, you know, be out, you know, drinking and doing a bunch of fucking drugs and stuff instead of running around like kids when they're still, you know. And I think it's more fun for them when they're a little bit older and a little more independent. Yeah, to get you to know? go and like, do it just by, like, my, the bigger kids always take off now. The bigger kids always take off and trick-or-treat by themselves. And we take the little kids around. And that I think that that independence is so great for them. It's so fun for them to get to run off and get to do that, you know. I agree. Yeah. So people I hate this week are the people that tell kids they're too old to trick-or-treat. Yeah, good Let call. kids be kids. Let them decide. Let them have fun. Yeah. And don't, stop telling them to be older when they can just be kids for as long as they want. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. The Warm Springs thing. The reason I quit trick-or-treating is in the ninth grade, I was with some friends. We were on Warm Springs. And we were with, it was a, my pack of friends and then one kid who was kind of somebody had brought him in and we didn't know him very well. And he was lighting M80s and throwing them at cars. And we were like, dude, stop doing that. Like, we were like chess club kids. Like, we were not rebel kids. And we were, and so I was like, oh, dude, stop doing that. But we walked up to this house and he went to light an M80 and to throw it, like, at the front door. And it blew up in his hand and it blew the flesh. I mean, I have never seen Jesus Anything Christ. like it. It blew the muscle off. Like, you could see bone. And he he was in shock, so he was just standing there. And all the kids I were with kind of just screamed and scattered, except for, like, me and another girl. And we were standing there. And, you know, I grew up on a farm, so I had at least enough wherewithal to be like, oh, fuck, and to take my sweater and wrap it around his hand. But we were all kind of just, like, standing on this guy's front porch in shock. And the, the man who opened the door, opened the door, saw it immediately. was like, shit, told his wife to call 911. And he happened to be a surgeon. So he grabbed well, the kid. Warm and Springs. Yeah, Warm Springs. <laughs> I know. You got, that's why you go where the money's at, in case you blow your hand off. But probably saved this kid's hand. Like, did all this stuff and, like, and gauzed him up. And, and by the time the EMTs came, like, had everything kind of under control. And went rode in the ambulance with him so he could tell them what had happened and what to do. And it was it was actually kind of insane. And after that, I was like... I think I did a couple more times go trick-or-treating, like, with my younger siblings. But after that, I was a little, like, I think I'm set for spooky Halloweens for a bit. Because it was so, 
gory and like real and it was just like you know it, it went very from like ooh spooky spooky bones and halloween to like oh my god we're made of meat you know <laughs> like oh yeah no that is actually really disturbing which is something that's a it's a that's a conversation i was having with someone recently i was saying how i love halloween specifically because i feel like it's a in america we don't think about death a whole lot and like i think it's a really good like morbid reminder for people like, ah, oh, you're just a meat sack. You're just, you got bones inside your body. And like, I think it's almost a good reminder of mortality. And the person was like, my dad died a few years ago. I don't like mortality anymore. And I was like, Oh, wow. That's very real. You know, like if you've lost people, like I haven't really lost. My people have been more like the sheriff. Like I've lost grandparents <laughs> right. and people of at an age where you're like, like I've seen, I've been with people when they've died and I've, you know, done, done a lot like I've been there when someone has left but I've never lost someone young you know and so death is still sort of this like with the sheriff where you're like it's just a groovy thing man it's just something that happens it's just totally but if it happens I can see not liking the core of Halloween well see that's why I love the the Dio de los Muertos Mm -hmm. which they celebrate huge in Tucson and they have this big parade, and that's celebrating people who have passed. And so it really is much more about people who have died. Mm-hmm. But I love that because it's like celebrating. Yeah, it's like the opportunity. It's it's the one time of year where you get together with everybody else, and you all remember and think about people who have passed. And we don't really have something like that. No, the opposite. I feel like the American way of death is to be like. Well, the rapture's going to happen and everybody's going to come back, so we don't have to think about that at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no thinking about it. It's no. like, just push it out. We don't we don't think about um, mourning people and, and, and celebrating. Yeah. You know, it's my mom always said this thing. She doesn't say it this time of year, but it's for me, it's more this time of year, because every spring my mom always says, oh, well, you know, you only get so many springs. And I've always thought, like, that's like the most morbid <laughs> thing to think when like everything's blooming but for me I've always thought that about fall because it's like spring is fine but fall is my favorite time of year and like you only get so many falls and that this is the time of year to think that not spring spring is this entirely the wrong so I always think like yeah you only get so many falls you only get to watch you only in your life if you're very very lucky get to watch the leaves turn 85 times <laughs> sheriff 21 times that's so many fucking times for a dog yeah although maybe the last couple years he didn't really see this he didn't see it <laughs> smell them you could still you only get a smell the leaves turning so many times and i think that that is like i like the the day of the dead stuff because it's like a good reminder of, of like the people we've lost and you only get so much time and yeah and the candy it's pretty great <laughs> my grandma always used to say life is great until you weaken <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> Oh my god! I was like, "Why do you always say that?" Uh, like, that is my favorite. I'm I'm gonna sew that onto a pillow. That's amazing. <laughs> life is pretty great until you weaken. That is entirely my life's motto. Yeah. I but that's one reason I don't understand people who are like bummed about getting older. Because to me, getting older seems like a, such a privilege, you know. And yeah, your body starts Says to the hurt. person who's not even forty yet. <laughs> Dylan always says too. He's like, "Talk to me when you're 44." <laughs> no, I do. I feel like it's it feels like a privilege to get older, and so you know, getting laugh lines and all these things. I always feel like, yeah, you're you're lucky as fuck to get that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> talk, you're right. Talk to me in four years. See if I'm still. I'll be like, it was all great until I weakened. <laughs> so uh, Dave from high school wanted me to meet his 
best friends. And it's uh, a guy that we went to high school actually with. And then his wife was a fitness instructor. And so he's like, okay, well, they want us to come up this weekend to the cabin and go to the hot springs. <laughs> and I was just like, um, yeah, I'm not going to go meet a fitness instructor <laughs> and make my first impression in a bathing suit. I was just like, I'm like, like, hey, nice to meet you. Would you like to see all my insecurities? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to meet someone. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? We're too old to worry about that. He's right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, now we're too old <laughs> to worry about being too fat. I was like, <laughs> that's a beautiful moment, though. <laughs> I was like, I'm not giving that up. I'm going to worry about being too fat no. for at least five more years. <laughs> <laughs> that's my privilege. This is mine. Don't yeah. take it away. Don't take that away early. No, that's, I, I'm with him because like recently I was in my bathing suit and, um, I had taken my kids to the, the Nat, you know, and like, there were all these like young, attractive, beautiful moms there. And then I was like, you know what? I'm at like the mom stage. Like you're allowed to have cellulite. Fuck it. Like, you're, this is what my body's doing. I had three kids, and this is what my body's doing. And yeah, I, see, if I could say, I had three kids, and that's what my body's doing. <laughs> but I had no uh, kids. You are. This is the, I have the body that I had three kids, and I didn't you even. Do, no. <laughs> you, you are underestimating uh, the flawlessness of your of your breasts. Because all that all that fitness instructor the whole time is going to be thinking is, you I know wish what? I had he her breasts. Say, he's like, she's really sen- sensitive because she has no boobs. See? You're <laughs> See, everybody, everybody. But still, I was like, I, I will, I will, I will meet them. But I refuse to have my first, their first impression of me be me not confident. Because mm. I'm a confident person. You are a confident Like, person. if I have to go in and present myself as who I am, like, let me do it over dinner. You know? Just don't, like, don't put me in a situation where I'm going to be self-conscious. Right. Immediately, like, first thing. Yeah. That's not fair. That's, I, I give this speech to Dylan a lot because he is, you, as you know, very body self-conscious yeah. and, and has like major body dysmorphia things where he thinks he's fat. Even right. when you're like, you look great, dude. Um, I, I feel like you should be more thankful for your body because you're one of the healthiest people other than your eyeball thing. <laughs> you're like one of the healthiest people I know. You never get sick. You can eat anything you want. Your, your gut is immaculate. You know, you just eat stuff and you're fine and you have, you have excellent health. And instead of being like, Ugh, I'm I'm mad at my body for being fat. Every day you should be like, nice work, body. I have great tits and a perfect immune system. <laughs> and never, you should never have a complaint because this is just your meat sack. You're just walking, you're loving, you gotta love your meat sack. <laughs> Put that on a pillow. Love your meat sack, goddammit. No, I really, I totally agree with you and I really wish <laughs> yeah. that I could think that way. But I was raised to be like super self-conscious. That was something that was like embedded in me yeah. from so early on. And I really am, I'm really mad about it yeah. because I recognize how unhealthy it is to think that way. And I don't want other people to feel that way. But like when I was a kid, there was nothing worse than being fat. Oh yeah. And my mom, you know, she grew up in the fifties and she went to finishing school and like, like literally there was no greater shame than to carry around a few extra pounds. Mm-hmm. And she, like, she sent me to fat camp and oh, she was geez. always constantly like making me aware. I have had the same body, exact same body, slightly <laughs> overweight for my entire life. I don't think I've you're always, overweight. I would I've never thought you were overweight. Weight. However, you're gorgeous. It doesn't however, matter. I'm a woman. It doesn't, yeah. And, I, it, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it was just drilled into me right. as a kid. Like, Oh no, 
you know, you're unacceptable. Yeah. And she didn't do it maliciously. It wasn't like she was out there to like yeah. to to ruin my life. But really, it is a burden. Yeah. To and we we all do it to girls. And the culture that we grow up in is like you have to be perfect and you have to be thin. And oh yeah, my mom. I did will it to never me. fucking get over it. No, my never. mom. My mom did it to me, and like I was under a hundred pounds all through high school, and I remember. The moment I went over 100 pounds, my mom noticed. You know, and I was tiny. I was like a tiny, skinny little thing who could eat whatever I wanted and whatever. But the second I went over 100 pounds, my mom was like, I didn't go over 100 pounds until I had my first kid. Same thing, not maliciously, but like there was always a amount of praise or pressure put on my weight. And I don't even think my mom realizes that she did it. Like, I don't think she, you know, she's a feminist and she was all these things. And I don't think she even realized that she... Like when I had a baby, she was like, oh, I was down to 105 a month after, after you were born. And I was like, fuck off. Like, you d- it doesn't matter. I don't, we're not having a competition about who can stay thinnest the longest in this family, you know? And, and like, she would always really pressure me about my weight and stuff. And even now she'll be like, oh, you're so thin. You're so, look, you're so tiny right now. And it's like, there's a lot of praise put into that, you know, and a lot built into that. And I, I have definitely had like weird body dysmorphic moments where like, like whenever I go down to LA, I'm always like, am I fat? Like, it's so hard to tell. I'm 120 pounds, you know, at, usually at my heaviest. And when I'm in LA, I'm like, oh, I'm massive. I'm incredibly huge. Like, I feel so fat down there. And so it's hard to tell. Like, sometimes it's even hard to tell, like, if you're at the right weight or not. And so I think for me, I just try to be like, this is just, this is just what I look like right now, you know, and to not spend very much time thinking about it. Because I could go very crazy if I did very yeah. quickly because yeah. of that same conditioning. Yeah, it's totally conditioning and I'm aware of it. And I, I you know, like I, every day I talk myself out of it, but then every day I talk myself back into it. You yeah. Know? And oh, yeah, I'm on a diet right now because I have to go be in, in a bathing suit for a film in like a month. And I've been like, I got to lose, I got to lose like five pounds, which is ridiculous. I look fine in a bathing suit. Yeah, you're gorgeous. Yeah. So are you. You have perfect <laughs> boobs. And... Just don't ask my mom. <laughs> yeah, or mine. <laughs> like, I should care what she thinks I know. about. She's so nutty. <laughs> I know. It's the same. It's the same. It's the... You know what my mom does? That the, the, the thing that drives me the most crazy is that she buys me clothing for, like, Christmas or my birthday that's huge. Oh, like, m- like huge? Like, yeah, like... You know, she'll buy me something that's four sizes bigger than I would wear. And so it's like the way that she views me, it's like she has body dysmorphia for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember this one time she bought me a bra. Like, I have big boobs, admittedly. (laughs) But it was like this absolutely gigantic, um, like, animal print, like, cheetah print bra. Oh, boy. I mean, it was like... This is how you see me. Like I don't want to be seen like this. Yeah, yeah. My my oldest sister is she's larger, and my my parents used to buy her clothes. And same thing, she would be like, "What the fuck?" Like they would be huge, and and she's bigger than you, but like they would just. And finally, my parents were like, "We're just not going to buy you anything anymore because you're so sensitive about the sizing." And I was like, "Oh, she." They also, they, for years, would insist on buying, I mean, this is most of my life, they would buy all four of us sisters the same thing, but in a different size. So, like, that way it was fair, quote-unquote, like, they'd buy all of us the same present. So, they would get us all a dress, 
but mine would be like an extra, extra small, and then they would get her a huge one, and I'd be like, this is even more of a fuck you. Right. That you're like, oh, here, we just got you all the same thing, but yours is the largest. <laughs> it was so, I would always be like, oh, God, what are you doing? It was so stressful. So they stopped doing that. Yeah, also, there are so many other gift ideas. You really don't have to buy me clothes. I don't need a giant yellow silk big shirt. <laughs> With a pussy bow? Tell me I had a pussy bow. The big... Uh, well, yeah. Well, that's This Week in Moms. We haven't done This Week in Moms for a while. This Week in Moms. They think yeah, like I started that. out by saying how, how grateful I am for how she handled Cheros. And then I'm like, straight back. To, like, straight back to, to just so up. everybody knows. Um, when I was at, just in, um, when I was in Santa Cruz? No, it was in Eureka. Um, I had the worst day leading up to that. And just like a lot of really emotional. To the point, this is how bad of a day I had leading up to going to Eureka for that show. I call, I actually texted my mom and was like, I'm having a really hard time right now. And she was like, Oh baby. And like, when I finally hit a point of sad where I'm like, I need my mom. That is a really low place for me. That is like to actually have to like to reach out to my mom for emotional support means like I've gone through my entire Rolodex of every, all my friends and all my support. And finally I'm like, Oh, I guess I'll call my mom. And she was lovely. She was very supportive. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. I love you. And part of the reason I don't do it is because then, after that, I got, like, three million texts from her, all very, very worried. Because she's like, are you okay? What's going on? What's happening? I'm like, nothing, Mom. I just have a hard job, and I'm tired and sad. And this has been super emotional this week. And she's just like, well, now I can't stop thinking about you. I've had diarrhea all morning. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, I'm sorry I said anything. I should have just bottled it up like I was taught. And... And so she was like a wreck the next two days. And then I was like, this is why I never tell you that I'm sad is because you can't handle it. So, but she was very sweet and supportive, but I did, I did give her diarrhea for a couple <laughs> days. So that's on me. Okay. Well, you texted me, I think during that same, uh, that same train. And, uh, I think I was already in bed, but I heard, I heard the phone and I was like, oh, I have to answer this now because uh, there's no excuse for me to be in bed this <laughs> She's going to think I'm so not cool. <laughs> but I just remembered the other thing that we have to talk we'll, we'll save it for next podcast, but we're going to do a recreation of the booty call that I got the other Oh, shit. Night. Oh, shit. All right. Well, we're ending this podcast, and then we're doing that immediately <laughs> right now, because I'm so fucking excited. You guys, seriously, just uh, we'll publish both of these today, because when you hear this shit, oh, my God. All right. We're signing off right now. Uh, love you. Bye. Love you. Love bye. you. Bye. Happy Halloween.